0: actually up there first. Okay, we'll read that one first. The first is from uh, Exodus chapter, chapter 34, verses 4 through 9. Hear the word of the Lord. So Moses cut two tablets of stone like the former ones and he rose early in the morning and went up to Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him and took in his hand the two tablets of stone. The Lord descended in a cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for the thousandth generation, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, yet by no means clearing the guilty, but visiting the iniquity of the parents upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. And Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. He said, I have now... If I have now found favor in your sight, O Lord, I pray, let the Lord go with us. Although this is a stiff-necked people, pardon your iniquity and our sin and take us for your inheritance. The next text is from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. This describes the day that the disciples received the Holy Spirit in this amazing supernatural moment. In fulfillment of what Jesus had promised. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among each of them, and a tongue rested on them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages. and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Capodicea, Kap- Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Palamphia, Egypt and the parts of Libya coming or belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They're filled with new wine. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. It's amazing, start off on a light note. It's amazing the Holy Spirit imparts to each one of us a, a spiritual gift. And that's something that I feel passionate about, is helping you to discover what your gift is for your entire life. It changes throughout our lives even. And I've realized through leading you in worship that my spiritual gift is not leading song in worship. (laughs) That is clear. (laughs) You know, friends, uh, it takes a long time to get to know somebody, doesn't it? I've been here uh, almost... Four years and some of you I feel like I know really well because we spend a lot of time together and others I know just little bits and pieces about you but we're comfortable with one another because we see each other regularly but it takes a long time to get to know one another and specifically your character like who you are really on the inside and for some of us we may never know each other's character that's something that we keep hidden deep inside and it's also it takes a long time to get to know each other's purpose like, what makes you tick? What is it that you really value in your life? What is it that drives you to get up out of bed every day and do the things that you do or give to this church or, or anything that you do in your life? What is it that really makes you go? Those are some of the things that are encompassed when we really get to know somebody beyond sort of the surface level things like, you know, how was your week or, you know, how's the day so far, the types of things we talk about before and after worship. But in order to really get to know someone's character and purpose, we need two things. We need a time and space to do that, to really get where we can actually sit down and talk or or have a shared experience. And we also need some kind of a common purpose. That's really helpful. So think of like the people that you've gotten to know the, the most deeply in your life. You probably had something in common with them, right? Maybe you're on a sports team together. Maybe they are friends from uh, when you were in school, in high school or college, and that was your, your common bond, something that you could relate to one another because you were walking that same stage in life together. Maybe now it's because you're uh, fellow parents or something like that. But those things change in time. I can think when I was doing my uh, internship at Giants Ridge, I did two summers at Giants Ridge, a golf and ski resort. And all of us interns, there were nine of us, and we lived in one uh, little dormitory. You can imagine it got pretty wild at (laughs) times. And there was one guy that I I roomed with both summers, and we also had class with at the University of Minnesota Crookston, and we became very close, very close during that time, and for a while after, as long as I was on the golf course. Every time that I called him, uh, we would talk about the golf course. You know, when we, were, when we had that common experience, it was obvious what we would talk about. But then later on, I would say, how's it going at your golf course? Oh, well, pretty good. How's it going at your golf course? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> That's what we would talk about. That was our common bond. You see, it's important. I elaborate on that for you to see that, that we need those things. So maybe it's something, maybe even more lighthearted for you. Maybe it's like fellow Twins fans or or something like that, or you're in the legion together. Maybe it's because you're part of this church. That can be a common bond as well. The most interesting and powerful place that I've ever gotten to know someone through that had a common purpose was within the life of the church. And not attending worship service, but actually in a small group back in 2008. It was the most amazing experience that I had never seen before or even heard about. Uh, someone invited me to their home, walked in their door and saw them sitting in their living room and they watched a video that was about Scripture, a Scripture I'd never heard of. And they sat and watched it together. And afterwards, they talked about it, shared their opinions and their thoughts, and, and then they prayed for one another. <laughs> and they prayed about whatever it is that they heard in the, in the video. And then the most amazing thing happened is that they prayed for me. I'll never forget the day that that guy prayed for me. Because you see, friends, at that time, I was, I was looking for a church. I wanted to find a church where I could get to know people because the bar was no longer a suitable place to do that. I realized that through trial and error. Like, that's just not a good place. <laughs> so I thought, well, maybe the church would be good. And I tried like six different churches and came on a Sunday, you know, and, and come to the service but nobody would ever take the time to pray for me or invite me to lunch or have me over to their house. None of the things that could actually help them to get to know me, to get to know my character, to get to know my purpose. You see, friends, without that common bond, without that common space, it's impossible for us to get to know each other in a deep way. Through these people, I saw something really incredible. I saw people who were committed to following Jesus. That was their common bond. Discovering who God is, what God is about, what's God's purposes in this world for the church and for me personally. That was their common bond. They are passionately committed to it. And so they invited me into that. And I witnessed firsthand, and it took me several years of watching to see what's this all about. <laughs> It made me feel pretty vulnerable, as you can imagine. Like, I don't really want to pray. <laughs> I don't really want to share from the heart. That's hard to do. But I share this story in detail because it's this moment in which Jesus used to change the trajectory of my life. And it's the only reason that I'm a pastor today. It's because of this moment and many like it that follow is it gave me an opportunity to know Jesus, to know his character, to know what he's about, and in the process, get to know other people, which was what brought me into that group uh, at the start. You see, the Lord is unique among all the gods that people proclaim our God, the Lord is different because he's chosen to reveal himself, to reveal his character, and to reveal his purpose to the world. First, he does it selectively through Abraham. Do you remember he says, uh, Abraham, you uh, you will be blessed to be a blessing. He comes to Abraham and says, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield. He's telling Abraham about what his character is and what his purposes are. Actually, if you go back to Noah, you see that Noah found favor in God's sight and walked with God. And God spoke to Abraham and started a new movement in history. The Lord told Abraham, this is my purpose for you, Abraham. I'm going to make you a great nation. And hundreds of years later, when people were probably questioning, is this really going to happen? When God's people were thrown into slavery? Then the Lord comes to Moses. While Moses is running away, ironically, from, his own, from the trouble he's got himself into, Well, he's out in the the wilderness running away from the consequences of his actions in Egypt. The Lord speaks to him from the burning bush declaring who the Lord is and what the Lord is about. He says to Moses, I am the God of your father. This is who I am. And this is what I'm about. Deliverance of the people so that they can know God and worship Him. Communion of the heart and the will. And Moses says, well, Who should I tell them when I go and tell them all this crazy talk and do these things that you're asking me to do? Who should I tell them that you say I am? And he says, I am who I am, which is really the the word for the Lord is Yahweh. And so the, the text reads Yahweh, Yahweh. In other words, the Lord says to Moses, you'll see who I am by what I do as I reveal myself to you. The Lord is calling Moses here into a step of faith, and through taking that step of faith, he will come to know God's character and purposes in the world. Later, God's purpose is clearly defined by God to Moses. He says, I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who has freed you from the burdens of the Egyptian. And then he clarifies who he is and what his intentions are with his people In Exodus 19, Now therefore, if you obey my voice and you keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession out of all the peoples. Indeed, the whole earth is mine, but you shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. And these are the words that you shall speak to the Israelites. And amazingly, later, In the text that we read today, the Lord actually describes His character. Now, if no other God is even revealing themselves at all, and here comes our God, Yahweh, onto the scene and is revealing purpose and character, that's pretty incredible. Something that we take for granted now with Jesus because we easily just say, Jesus is love. Well, gods of the Old Testament world were full of wrath. And this is what we uh, read from today. The Lord, the Lord... A God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for the thousandth generation. These are just a handful of the most significant ways that God has made his desires known to the world. Character and purpose. And it's in the person of Jesus Christ that we see both of these things meshed together as one. Purpose and character through example and proclamation. The text tells us, and the Word became flesh and lived among us and we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's only Son full of grace and truth. This is a continuation of God's efforts to be known by humanity. And through knowing Jesus, people can know the Father Jesus says all things have been handed over to the Father over to me by the Father and no one knows the Son except the Father and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. We know his character when he tells us come to me all that are weary and carrying heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Why? For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Now that self-description of Jesus sounds very similar to what we read in Exodus, does it not? Merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. What we see within Jesus' life, ministry, death and resurrection, it's a witness statement of God's purposes and character in the world. And within Jesus' ministry, he promises a continuation of the way for God's people to know God's character and God's purposes without him being around, which is very significant for us today. It's the promise of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go to way, For if I go to way, the advocate will come to you, the Holy Spirit. But if I go, I will send him now. I, have, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. And when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own, but will speak whatever He hears. And He will declare to you the things that are to come. And so Pentecost, friends, today becomes the climax of God's missional purpose to be known by humanity as the disciples are filled with the Holy Spirit as Jesus makes good on His promise. That wouldn't mean a lot to me. That would build my trust in Jesus because he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to all the ends of the earth. That's what Jesus said. So at Pentecost, he he makes good on that promise. And what I want to submit to you today, friends, is that of all the things that you and I might have in common, Starting with the fact that we live in or near Lake Crystal, or we know so and so and such and such, or we're a part of this church, Cornerstone UMC. Of all the things, of all the common bonds, this is our true common bond: is that the Holy Spirit of God lives within us. I would argue it's the only bond that matters. The only one. The Holy Spirit lives in us, enabling us to know the character of God, the will of God, and making God known to the people in our lives. Could there be any more powerful common bond that we could have to this, than this one? You see, all those different common bonds that we could have, they fade so quickly. They fade so quickly. Those friends that I talked to you about from the golf course, I mean, I was tight with all of those interns. We hung out together every day and worked together all day. And that one, he came to my my wedding, but I barely talked to him now. And I know that if I called him, it would be awkward because as soon as I left the golf course world, all those friendships just kind of dissolved. You know why? It's not because they don't like me or anything like that. Because the common bond is gone. There's no common bond. They don't want to hear. About, they're not going to say. I wish they would. It'd be fun. How's it going at the church? <laughs> They'll say, "Awesome, awesome." You see, and even the church—if our common bond is that we attend this church, or that we give money to this church—that common bond is so limited. It's gone when we die. It's gone if you move away or can't attend anymore for whatever reason. It's gone. The common bond of the Holy Spirit is eternal, friends. You and I are united forever by the Holy Spirit. That's a common bond to hold on to, is it not? That's what unites us all, and that's what's different about any bond that we could share with one another. And through it, we learn about who God is. And we learn about each other as we take the the time and and show the courage to reveal more of ourselves to each other than we would probably feel comfortable sharing normally. We discover that there we meet Jesus as well. And unlike other common bonds, when we pursue Jesus together, he promises we will be filled with the Holy Spirit and we are united forever. And see, the significance of being united by the Holy Spirit is that if I wasn't your pastor in 10 years and all, we, all of our shared experience was just here on Sunday like this, there wouldn't be a lot uh, for us to talk about if I called you and said, how's it going? <laughs> What's new in your life? You say, well, pastor so-and-so is doing this and pastor so-and-so is doing that. I said, Well, that's nice. Okay, talk to you later. <laughs> But imagine if I called you 10 years from now. I would like to still be your pastor, by the way, let me say that. If I called you 10 years from now and I said, What's God doing in your life? What's the Holy Spirit doing in your life? You said, Well, let me tell you. <laughs> Just this last week, uh, I was in study or I, I was praying or I was reading my Bible and, and this amazing, you know, I, I, I came upon this amazing discovery. Or you might say, Gosh, I just went through the hardest time in my life. But the Lord taught me so much. You see, that's so different. Because I want to hear forever what God is doing in your life. I don't forever want to hear about what's happening here in Lake Crystal if I don't live here. (laughs) But forever I want to hear about what God is doing in your life. Because I follow the same Jesus. I'm filled with the same Holy Spirit. And that is my passion. And, friends, that is our common bond, the most significant one. I had the, the most incredible experience. I think it started at the end of February. I got a random uh, Facebook message from an old friend in, in Lake City. And he and I just started to grow close right before he moved away. <laughs> and we actually were, were forming like a very small group that's called like a Wesleyan band, If you've been to walk to Emmaus, it's what they encourage you to do is to to join a small group where every week you pray together and maybe you share what spirit is doing in your life. And we just started to do that and did it for like two months and then he found out he had to move. (laughs) darn it. And it's different now because I'm a pastor, but I had never found the same kind of friend again since then. And that was in 2010. It left a significant void in my life because, I mean, when you're praying for one another and when you're talking about what God is doing in your life, it really, you know, you really connect. That's just so different from anything else that we could talk about, even our children. I mean, it's really deep. And so I get a random Facebook message and it's Bill. He messaged me and, and he says, do you have some time to talk? And I thought, uh-oh, what did I say now on the internet? You know, <laughs> what is just, just kidding, just kidding. No, I, I seriously thought, well, maybe he, you know, needs a, a character reference or something. And he, he calls me and he says, you know, I'm just doing this random thing. I'm just checking in with people who uh, I haven't talked to in a long time. And so each month I'm making the, the I'm taking the courage to like connect with them and try and, And get in contact with them, and you were like the second or third person that I chose. I said, that's awesome. So we we start talking, and first we talk about the details, you know, the topical details. And within five minutes, what's the Lord doing in your life? And now we've spoken uh, five times since then, like the end of February. And every time we're talking about what the Holy Spirit is doing. I haven't even seen the guy in 10 years. Never, didn't even talk to him at all. And it's just like we're sitting back there in in the room together praying for one another. You see, friends, that's the common bond of the spirit. That's the power of being united in the spirit as we follow Jesus. And as we do, we see evidence of the spirit. That's what Jesus promises as well. And Paul talks about in Galatians 5, saying these are the fruits of the spirit joy, peace, patience, love, kindness, generosity. Remember if he says it, but it's true, compassion. This is what it means to live by the Spirit. Friends, the significance of God choosing to reveal his character and purposes to you is the most important truth of your life. And it's something that we can pursue together, united by the Holy Spirit, That's why we celebrate Pentecost. That's why I'm wearing red. That's why the banner in the corner is red. It's to celebrate this moment. And today, my prayer for you, friends, and for us as a church, is that as we move forward during these uncertain and weird times, that we would forge this as our common bond. The Holy Spirit is our common bond. Nothing else matters. And if we can We can navigate anything that we come across. And we'll experience joy and peace and hope that seems weird to everyone else. So may we have the courage to walk in the Spirit, to follow Jesus in the biggest moments and the smallest moments of our life together. Amen. As we uh, reflect upon anything in the service thus far, maybe it was the time in Lectio Divina where God really uh, showed you something or something came to, to mind or a hymn or the scripture itself or my interpretation of the scripture. I invite you to reflect upon these couple of questions.